0: Please be aware that True Crime by the Book may discuss topics, share opinions, and use language that could be disturbing or offensive to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised.
1: And Welcome back to episode 18 of True Crime by the Book where every week we get together and chit-chat about true crime books, documentaries, movies, yada, yada, yada. I am the librarian, Tasha Pierce, yada, yada, yada. But at this stage of the game, you know who I am. Unless this is your first time here, and then welcome to the show, welcome to the party. This week, we're going to do something even more different than we typically do here. I think we're going to talk true crime headlines like i said before i am not an investigator unless of course you're my boyfriend and you leave your phone sitting next to me i see that text message that says what you doing now i'm cagney and Lacey, both of them bitches but anyway since nobody out there is my boyfriend you don't have to worry about me trying to put an investigator's hat on but as a true crime aficionado i will always always have my opinions as will you hopefully when you hear my opinions or my thoughts on these cases that are currently in the headlines you will reach out to me and let me know exactly what you feel and i kind of feel like that's asking a lot because one thing i noticed about the true crime by the book bookworms y'all a bougie bunch you guys are a bougie ass bunch of people i reach out on social media regularly just wanting somebody to talk to and none of you bitches respond now are we gonna be that kind of friend where i'm the one that's always got to reach out to you come on now we better than that also something else that's a little teensy weensy eensy weensy bit different than uh a regular True Crime by the Book episode. I'm imbibing in some some, uh, festivities over here. I've got some libations sitting here. So if I sound a little (laughs) comfortable, that is because I'm sitting here and I'm really in chill mode. This whole coronavirus pandemic at this point is showing us what it means to be part of a global community. Because every country, every continent has been touched by this pandemic. I'm thinking maybe not Antarctica, but that's a whole different show for a whole different day about why we are not allowed in Antarctica. I'm not going into it today. However, these cases that we're going to discuss today, uh, they, they require me to sit down with a nice bud light lime and sip and chit chat like old the old friends that we are at this point so we're without further ado we're going to jump into today's episode by the way i'm out of lied because i have been uh i've gotten some feedback from from listeners like last week's listener request was from Harriet C so she reached out to me and told me, hey, this is a book I think you should cover. Uh, me and Karen T on Facebook have discussed uh, The Most Dangerous Animal. I think that's the name of the book. There is also an accompanying documentary on Hulu that just was released. So uh, Karen, we made a good choice because that book is now a documentary that we can really sink our teeth into. And um, Sarah, Sarah Kay has also asked for a Catherine Catherine Casey book, I believe. Can't remember the title, but I have it written down. So those are my three superstars right now. Also Crime Noir podcast. And she focuses specifically on uh, people of color. She recommended a book as well. And it is about a boxer. I can't remember the title. This is why I'm so glad I write things down because... I don't remember shit, but anywho, this week we're discussing true crime stories that have been dominating the headlines, and again, most of us have opinions on these cases, but my goal today is to review what we know so far, just like every other case I break down, I will share my thoughts as well, please note that all of the parties are innocent until proven guilty. If I was seated on a jury and presented evidence that would lead to reasonable doubt, I believe I would be able to vote accordingly. And I hope the same goes for the members of my audience. Don't get married to a theory. Don't get married to a theory until it becomes a fact. Okay, so uh, the first case I like to talk about is Gannon Stout. Now, for those who don't know, Gannon is an 11-year-old Colorado boy who has been missing since January 27th, 2020. He was reported missing to the police by his stepmother, Letitia Stouch. And in her statement to law enforcement, she said her stepson left home sometime between 3.15 and 4 o'clock to visit a friend. He didn't return. Now, for some reason, Gannon was referred to as a juvenile runaway until his status was changed to missing and endangered on January 30th. So on the 27th, when she reported him missing, they said he was a runaway. On the 30th, they said missing and endangered. And at this point, the sheriff's office asked for the public's help with providing info that could assist in locating the child. Between January 30th and February 3rd, Online rumors began circulating about Letitia. Now the chatter caught her attention and she made a public statement addressing the rumors that she was somehow involved in Gannon's disappearance. She said, I took care of Gannon for the last two years in our home. I would never, never, ever hurt this child. And I know there are some questions out there. That's up to the investigations. When they end up letting you guys know, but I cooperated with them. We are going to find Gannon, And that's the main goal that we all have. I'm just ready for Gannon to come home. Now remember this line. I'm just ready for X to come home. Because it is like right out of the I did something to this kid playbook. But we're going to move on. She also said that death threats had been made against the family. So... If we're out here threatening people's lives, we're not too much better than, uh, than the people who are committing these crimes themselves. No, we need to let the investigators do their jobs and do that. They did the FBI child abduction, rapid deployment, uh, national center for missing and exploited children and Colori- Colorado Springs police department conducted ground and aerial searches and turned up nothing. Now, that the, the case got a huge assist from Roderick Drayton, a neighbor of the Stalks. He went through footage recorded by his home surveillance system and came up with some absolutely astonishing footage. There was a clip that showed Gannon and Letitia getting into a red pickup truck at 1013 a.m. Now, when the truck returns four hours later, Letitia is alone. Now, Roderick stated to ABC News that he showed the footage to Gannon's father, Albert Stalk, and he broke down crying. He said, she lied. She lied about the time he didn't go to a friend's house. Now, on February 5th, Gannon's family, that's the dad, Albert, mom, Landon Hyatt, and sister, Lena, appeared in a YouTube video pleading for information that would lead to finding him. They didn't address the rumors or the surveillance footage. They just wanted their kid back. Now, after weeks of public speculation, on March 2nd, Letitia was arrested in connection to Gannon's disappearance. But the charges are interesting. On March 11th, Letitia appeared in court to be formally charged. The charges are first-degree murder of a child less than 12 by one in a position of trust. Child abuse resulting in death, tampering with the body, and tampering with evidence. Now at this time, Gannon nor his remains have been recovered, and Letitia remains held without bond. There was also an update to the story that uh, Albert Stalk, Gannon's father, plans on testifying against his now soon to be ex-wife because he has uh went ahead and filed divorce proceedings against her which late leads me to believe that the, that he is privy to some information that lets him know that his wife definitely definitely did something with this kid now again these are just theories these are this is just speculation this is not set in stone if Gannon were to walk into the room today. You know, we would all be hella shocked. But at the same time, we don't expect that to happen. So what do I think about the Gannon Stout case? In a nutshell, I believe they got this bitch. She did something with this child. She leaves at 10 and comes back at 2. And there's no sign of him. But she says he left the house at 3. These things don't add up. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't smell right. And I believe the investigators are on the right track. I just hope that they don't go to court with a flimsy case. Because right now the case itself, she looks suspicious as hell. But we don't even have a body. We don't know that there's DNA or anything that is connecting her to his murder so right now that's 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 a petri dish for reasonable doubt that's how reasonable doubt is made so hopefully they've they're building a strong case and that they are still looking for the remains of gannon Stalk or for gannon Stalk to return home tell me what you think whenever you get a chance let me know what you think. The next case I want to dive into is that of Evelyn Boswell, the 15-month-old missing Tennessee girl. Now this one will give you Kaylee Anthony vibes. Little Evelyn was last seen on December 10th, but wasn't reported missing until February 18th. An Amber Alert was issued on February 19th after her grandfather called Tennessee's Department of Children's Services to report that he hadn't seen her for two months. Now, on February 21st, a Be On The Lookout was issued for a silver BMW. The drivers of the vehicle were thought to be involved in the toddler's disappearance. The public still wanted to know why it took two months to report her missing. And the press caught up with Evelyn's mom, Megan Boswell, as she was leaving juvenile court and i say juvenile she she was a teen mother Uh, they asked the typical questions that one would ask the mother of a missing child and she responded with well i'm gonna i'm gonna play a clip i hardly ever do this but just listen to the clip of this dumbass lady saying the same shit over and over
0: baby like her favorite food is like sweet potatoes she's really sweet she loves to give people kisses (laughs) My favorite song is Baby Shark. Just like that kind of stuff. Um, can you tell me, what's her favorite toy? Her, she has a little baby shark puppet. <laughs> um, what what would y'all do together? Well, she loves to take baths. That was her favorite thing. She had little shark toys that swim in the bath and stuff like that. Um, how, how old is she now? She's 15 months a day, actually. Um, can you tell me a little bit? Like, so you said she's very sweet she with everybody, or just she is. She loves everybody. Um, can you tell me a little bit about like how you're feeling? Do you, do you miss her? Are you worried? Of course, I miss her. And like, I can't tell anything about the ongoing investigation, but they are. I'm sure you, you all released an article about the car and stuff like that. So they have a pretty good idea of who has her. I mean, if they're watching, I just want to bring her back. Is there anything you'd like to say to them? If they're watching? I just want her back. Yeah, that's my child this must be hard um why don't you tell me a little bit more about her do, do you have any pictures of her have you have you been looking not on me no not on you have you been looking at photos and stuff of her while you're h- how are you coping with all of it I just to back. um if you could tell her anything now what would you what would you say to her <laughs> i love her and i miss her and i'll be with her as soon as i can get to her and i can About, like, what kind of baby she is. I know you said that it's hard to see. She's difficult. a happy baby. She hardly ever cries. <laughs> she wants to wave and talk to everybody. She walks funny. She doesn't know how to pick her feet up, so she kind of wobbles. Um, is she talkative? She is. What, uh... She giggles a lot. You'll <laughs> smile at her. She'll just start giggling. She's very happy. And, um, so you said she's she is talkative. Is talkative, it's full sentences? Like, what milestones has she meant? Like, is she a smart little girl? She is. She hit every milestone early. She's not, she can almost say I love you. She's not fully got to sentences yet, but she does say a lot of words. You must be so proud of her. I am. When Baby Shark plays, she tries to, like, dance with him and sing it. You said that's her favorite song. Um, do you do the puppet with her a lot? Mm-hmm. Um. And I know all of this is, is very hard. Can you tell me? how you were feeling? I just want her back. That's all I want. Are you, are you feeling worried or anything along those lines? Yeah. Can you tell me about that at all? Well, the reason I didn't report it or anything is because I knew the person who had her and I didn't want them to run away with her. And as soon as they thought I think was going on, they just kind of vanished. So I'm just worried about, you know, like where they're at, what they're doing with her at this point in time. So you do know who has her? Can you tell us who that is or you don't? I can't release anything further about that. I'm sure they will at the press conference, but further than that, I can't say anything. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you you do know who passed. Are are you you worried about her safety? Well, now I am because they won't answer phone calls. They've just kind of disappeared. What is it like to. I'm I'm assuming that you trusted this person. How has this trust been broken what's been going on with that it has definitely been broken after this um have you spoken to her father at all during this process are you having any support from no or from your family yeah my grandma's very supportive she always is that's good (laughs) um but you haven't spoken to him at all Mm -hmm. when was the last time you saw her in december in december okay and what was that last day like was it a good day? I think it was about around Christmas, right? Can you tell me about that? It was a good day. She had a little pink bow in her hair, a little puma traction on his It was hot pink. <laughs> and um, what, like, I know that you're, you're hoping that she'll be returning shortly. Is there anything that you'd like to say to the person or the people that have her that you think um, they should hear from you? They should just bring her back. They obviously know, like, what's going on and, like, you know, they need to bring her back home. And you said that you trusted this person. So when did you realize that that trust might have been broken? Well, when they just kind of took off and wouldn't answer anybody. <laughs> uh, around when was that? Whenever this whole thing started. Okay. All okay. right. Um, and can you tell me a little bit more about, like, how you're feeling? I know all of this is scary and, and everything. It is. You? I just want her back.
1: Hmm. So That's all I
0: can think about. Let's just getting her back. <laughs> Is there anything the community can do to help you? No. Other than look for her, <laughs> I know they released the te- the car information and the tag number and stuff like that. Um, just any leads at all. They need to like call us so we can go check them out. a Um. Has anyone like ha- have you gotten any information from the community that's been helpful? Or are you just kind of in the I same? don't really know. They've all been looking at leads and stuff like that. <laughs> um. I-
1: Note that she is saying she last saw her baby the day after Christmas. But I'm going to stick with the original timeline of December 11th because I don't trust a goddamn thing this girl is saying. Meanwhile, in Wilkes County, North Carolina, authorities caught up to that BMW. Seems that it was stolen. Now, the occupants of said vehicle were Evelyn's grandma, Angela Boswell, and her boyfriend, William McLeod. Unfortunately, they didn't have Evelyn with them. Shit is getting convoluted, right? Now, after appearing in court in North Carolina, they got extradited back to Tennessee. Next, we got Megan Boswell once again speaking to the media. She says that she's pregnant, so she can't take a polygraph test because that is the, that's the law in Sullivan County. You, you don't take, you don't give a pregnant woman, a polygraph test turns out nobody asked her to take a polygraph test that same day megan was arrested by the sullivan county sheriff's office for false reporting now when the media made inquiries as to whether there were pregnant inmates in custody at the sullivan county jail there were none listed so apparently megan was lying to get out of being asked for a polygraph And that takes us to February 28th. At this point, the search is still on for the baby. There have been no sightings of the child while her mom and grandma are locked up. You would expect somebody to bring this child and be like, here she is where everybody's looking. I'm so sorry. But no, that did not happen. And we see that grandma, Angela, bonds out of jail. And we see a flurry of court court appearances over the following days. William and Angela for theft, Megan for false reporting. Now, during all of this, Angela thanks the public for their help in searching for Evelyn. And then later on, her boyfriend, William, bonds out. On March 6th, the remains of Evelyn Boswell were found at Megan's father's home. Yes, the same grandfather that reported her missing in the first place. Now, the cause of death is unknown and the autopsy was sealed. It's been reported that along with the baby, authorities found diapers and toys that were thought to have been Evelyn's. Reminder, there have been no arrests in connection to the death of Evelyn Boswell. Everyone involved is presumed innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Of course, in the court of Tasha, all these bitches had something to do with it. Each and every one of these bitches. And I'm talking bitches. Angela. Megan. Angela's boyfriend. Hell. I think it was very vindictive and spiteful. To put the baby on the grandfather's property. That is disgusting. And then, okay, wherever you dump this baby. You put her toys and her diapers. It's like you threw her away. Period. Everything that would remind you of her was thrown away like garbage and that's exactly what should happen if we find out that megan angela and william either perpetrated or assisted in covering up the death of a 15 month old baby and she was just as cute as she could be and possibly i mean who knows we may find out the grandfather has something to do with it This is why it's very important for us not to get married to a theory. But I'm telling you, these bitches got to pay if they did it. And that's in the court of Tasha. Now, I guess you can say that I saved the most twisted story for last. I'm sure most of you know what's coming. The disappearance of J.J. and Tylee Vallow. Now, this case has so many twists and turns, it should really be an episode all by itself. And I'm pretty sure at some point when the whole story comes together and we know exactly what happened, it will be an episode all by itself. Well, it jumps off with a set of grandparents who haven't seen their grandchild since September. Now, they contacted police to conduct a well-being check at the home where their seven-year-old grandson, J.J. Vallow, lived with his adoptive mother, Lori, and his sister, Tylee, who was 17. But to totally see the full picture, we need to travel further back in time to February of 2019. That's when Charles Vallow, the children's father, filed for a divorce from Lori Vallow. Now, he claimed that she had begun to act erratically and refused to get help. This erratic behavior seems to be like religious in tone as it stands. uh, The family were Mormons and typically they are not like doomsday type people. They don't look forward to the end of the world and start trying to prophesy it. But that's exactly what was going on with Lori. She began to, to feel like she was a god. And those thoughts were fueled by the kind of counter Mormonism beliefs of one Chad Daybell. And we will be formally introduced to Chad Daybell a little later in this story. Okay, so she she was acting erratically, refused to get help. In early March, he pulled JJ out of school, took him to Texas to be near his family. Now by June, he had come back. He was going to try to make the marriage work with Lori and she re-enrolled JJ for summer classes. Now this had to be a difficult time for JJ because he is autistic. So having that routine in a set, stable environment is kind of important to him. So now on July 11th, by this time, Charles had decided, you know, we go ahead and go forward with this divorce. He was at the home of Lori and the children when he and Lori got into an altercation over his cell phone and he caught her going through his phone and then an argument ensued. Now, Lori's brother, Alex Cox, was there and he claims that he and Tylee tried to intervene in the fight. Tylee supposedly grabbed a bat and was using it to defend her mother. The bat was apparently snatched by Charles and he apparently struck Alex in the head with it. At this point, Alex retrieved his handgun and shot Charles, killing him. So now, Lori's husband, Charles, is dead. Alex then calls 911 and reports that he killed his brother-in-law in in self-defense. The police came out and did their report noting that Lori seemed really nonchalant about the death of her ex-husband. In fact, that same day, she hosted a fucking pool party. The very next day, she called the insurance agency that they had life insurance through, tried to cash in on Charles's million-dollar life insurance policy, only to be told that he had already changed his beneficiaries. That's right. Charles knew something was up it's so unfortunate and there's so much more to the backstory of Charles and Lori and again you know we're gonna revisit this so some of this shit you're gonna have to look up for yourself and we'll discuss it more in depth at a later date or you can watch the freaking Dateline episode about this case that aired I believe on Valentine's Day so if you want to know more Watch that episode of Dateline because shit got crazy, really crazy. So anyway, she hosted the pool party. She got shocked when she found out that her husband, her soon to be ex-husband, now deceased husband, uh, had already changed his beneficiaries. On August 30th, Tylee FaceTimed with her older brother. So this was the last time he would see her. Now his mother would make excuses as to why Tylee was unavailable all the time when he tried to reach her after this date. He even thought it was strange because how is Lori able to intervene on these telephone calls all the time when a teenage girl is not letting that phone out of her sight? Get it? So on this same day, August 30th, Lori arranged to have J.J.'s autism service dog picked up. Now, this was a strange request because J.J. needed the dog to calm him and help him cope with anxiety. And the dog also assists him in being independent and performing regular daily activities. On September 5th, following this, J.J. was once again pulled out of school by Lori. She claimed to be moving to California to start a new job. Instead of Callie, the family moved to Rexburg, Idaho. Although the date is a little bit fuzzy, but we do know this. We know that Tylee was alive on September 8th, 2019 because a photo of the family was taken at Yellowstone National Park. This is, however, the last public sighting of Tylee. Now on September 17th, a neighbor's doorbell camera records JJ playing in the yard in Idaho. The neighbors were keeping an eye on him as it seemed that he was left unattended for hours at a time. So where's Tylee? Because Tylee would be watching him if she were present. So on September 19th, Lori gets wind that the neighbors are feeling a little antsy about this child being left at home all the time. So she hires a babysitter. Now, JJ attended school in Idaho for the last time on September 23rd. By the 24th, Lori had told the babysitter her services were no longer needed and also told the school that she would be homeschooling JJ. Now, I'm going to stop here. We got to have some better checks and balances in place i shouldn't be able to just pick the phone up and call you and say hey i'm gonna homeschool my kid from now on you guys will never see him again because that's how these kids that's how these parents ridiculous crazy ass parents be disappearing these damn kids we need better checks and balances now at the beginning of october lori rents a storage unit Now, of course, we don't know this now, but after a search warrant was uh, issued for that storage unit, some of the kids' belongings and photo albums, among other things, were found inside. So things that kids need, like their bike, why would you put baby pictures of your child in a goddamn storage locker? It's just, that doesn't add up. Now, on October 2nd, Brandon Boudreaux, who is the ex-husband of Lori Vallow's niece, Melanie Boudreaux, says he was shot at in a drive-by shooting. Now, Brandon says the shooter was Alex Cox, Lori's brother, and he was driving Charles Vallow's Jeep. I'm sorry, why would Alex want to kill Melanie's husband, ex-husband? And, uh, why would he be driving his dead by his hands, brother-in-law's Jeep? Well, we're going to keep moving. We're going to push forward. We're going back to Chad Daybell now. So Chad Daybell was the, the guy who had this counter Mormonism set of beliefs and he would appear on podcasts and, uh, the such. And Laurie got very, very entranced with his message. And his message is pretty much a doomsday message. And they have these seven missions that have to be accomplished before the apocalypse can come. And it's wild. I put a video on Facebook in the, on the Facebook page, TC by TB. And that video kind of explains some of the wild shenanigans that they believe in, but Chad Daybell is a married man. Unfortunately for him, he keeps having visions of his wife dying. So he's been saying for some time, my wife's going to die. My wife's going to die. My wife's going to die. On October 19th, 2019, Tammy Daybell, wife of Chad Daybell, dies in Idaho. Now the coroner originally said it was uh, natural causes and then she was buried a few days later. Okay, so that was October 19th. On November 1st, the authorities start watching Lori. They have not seen JJ once during the whole month of November. On November 5th, Chad Daybell, whose wife died on October 19th, and Lori Vallow got married in Hawaii. Children missing. All this death just happening to happen around them, they get married in Hawaii. So now Lori is Lori Daybell. Okay, on November 26th, that's when the uh, the the welfare check was requested at a home in Rexburg. Now, when they get to the home, officers say that Lori and Chad uh, say that the children are with a family friend in Arizona. That was November 26th. November 27th those children were not located in Arizona so police returned to the townhouse with a search warrant to find JJ Vallo Unfortunately when they got there the house is empty They learned after further investigation that Lori and Chad had split possibly without the children So police also search other homes in Rexburg looking for the kids And then this is when they checked the storage unit that Lori had rented. Okay, fast forward. December 1st, Lori and Chad are on their way back to Hawaii. They fly from Los Angeles to Kauai. Neither of the children are with them. On December 6th, a family friend called the police. The family friend from Arizona calls the police and says, hey, lori and chad asked me to lie and tell you guys that jj was with me but he is not with me i I don't know where this child is on december 11th all this shit ain't adding up (laughs) so they exhume tammy daybell's body to determine if her cause of death was natural causes okay shit's still getting crazy it's still more to the story Because on December 12th, Alex Cox, who you remember is Lori Daybell's brother. This is the brother who killed her ex-husband, Charles Vallow. He dies, just mysteriously dies. It has not, this death has not been, the cause of death has not been released to the public. At this point, he had married someone else who was in this old counterculture of Mormonism. He married someone, and then days later, he's dead. December 20th, the police start saying, hey, I need the public's help. We need the public's help in finding J.J. Vallo and Tylee Ryan. December 21st, police name Chad and Lori. They're saying that those two are wanted for questioning in connection to the children's disappearance. These two fuckers ain't saying shit, shit. They not, they're not talking period. Police updated the public on December 30th and uh, they did the whole Facebook thing, put stuff, put details on the case because they think that Lori knows the location of the children or what happened to them. And she's still refusing to speak. So now that she let the, uh, on my birthday this year, January 2nd, she let the storage facility go. The, the business tried to bill her, 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 uh, credit card was declined, which means all of the memorabilia of her children, which means the, the bikes, the photos, the photo albums, and all of that is now lost because she didn't pay the bill. And it's really seeming like Lori Vallow is giving zero fucks. Okay, so police execute a search warrant at Chad Daybell's home in Fremont County, Idaho on the 3rd of January. On the 7th of January, the grandparents of J.J. Vallow offer a reward for any information leading to the children. Now, the state of Idaho on the 16th of January decided that they were going to file a protection order in Madison County on behalf of the children. And that ordered Lori Vallow to produce her kids. Shortly after, on the 25th of January, Lori and Chad were found in Hawaii. They gave them the last demand, final demand in Hawaii to produce the children to the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare within five days. Now, search warrants were being executed as well in Hawaii, and they were checking uh, Lori, Chad, and their SUV, and they found numerous things belonging to the children, including their birth certificates. They also were said to have found Tylee's cell phone and JJ's iPad. Police, uh, Police also searched their condo. So, temporary guardianship request was granted for Larry and Kay Woodcock, the grandparents of Joshua J.J. J. Vallow. That is, if he turns up, they will get guardianship of him. Now, on January 30th, and I know this is a lot of dates and a lot of crazy shit going on, but just stick with me. On January 30th, the deadline to produce the children to idaho authorities was missed by lori so on january 30th lori should have had her ass thrown in jail but she did not they let her just walk out walk free even though she had basically gave the courts the middle, fucking middle finger now on february 14th that's when that dateline episode aired so keith morrison that's my boy <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's all of our boy but there, that's my boy he calls the story one of the most bizarre stories he's ever encountered in this business and remember he was covering that story uh what about pam and if you don't know about what about pam there is a wonderful podcast on dateline that you have to listen to you can find dateline on any of your favorite podcast apps what about Pam is a crazy story. And if he's saying this story is crazier. God damn. And it is. It is. Now. On February 20th. Lori was arrested. On Kauai Island. By the police. On multiple charges. Including desertion. And non-support of dependent children. February 21st. Lori appeared in, in court. And let me tell you. This bitch comes to court asks, and, and has her attorney ask for her bond to be lowered from $5,000,000 to $10,000. The judge refuses. And this is a smug bitch. I'm telling you, she was smiling and and just, oh, just, she just makes me sick. Okay. It's also announced that Vallo has agreed to be returned to Idaho to face the charges filed against her. So March 5th, she arrives in Idaho and she's booked into jail. Now, once she's booked into jail again, she wants her her bond reduced. They do end up reducing her bond from 5 million to $1 million. Just recently she said, well, you know what? This judge has seen a case uh that that concerned jj vallo before so he should recuse himself on those grounds and there was a lot of him and hawing about whether that would be done and eventually that judge did recuse himself and now there is a female judge and i don't know if she really wanted that in her life because you know we don't play we all are mama bears even if we don't have children so she might adjust made a tactical error in in saying that she wanted a new judge. So the bond was lowered to 1 million dollars, but not a bondsman in Idaho want to touch that bond with a 10-foot pole because the bitch is a flight risk. She's already shown that she does not have any respect for the rule of law. And now we're going into Uh, speculation territory everything i said so far besides my little asides everything else i said so far has been pretty much fact now i'm going to start speculating she believes uh, according to their doomsday little cult that they're in offshoot of mormonism they believe that the world is going to end Uh, believe it's july 20th of 2020 so that means as far as they're concerned this world only has a few more months left so is it possible that she's holding off on cooperating because she's just waiting for the fucking world to end that is a possibility but my understanding of this group is that they will they are also trying to set up like a, a settlement Uh, what they call a white camp which sounds really 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 racist but people who who are brought together under this common belief that the world is going to end in July of 2020 they are attempting to make a settlement and they are some of the missions that are on the seven mission list that Chad Daybell has spoken about is setting up a government setting up a person putting a person in charge of, uh, distributing food. And so they believe that for some reason they're going to be alive and I'm going to do a lot more studying on this, uh, faction of, of people, but they believe that they are going to survive this upcoming apocalypse and that Lori and Chad are somehow the leaders and that's why they kind of got married a lot of people think chad is the brains behind this whole thing but i honestly believe it's Lori. i believe that Lori is the person who's pulling the strings because she just don't give no fuck she just she shows up first of all who the fuck gave this bitch lipstick she showed up in court with lipstick on her hair all juicy and shit so i'm wondering to myself how serious she's taking this shit and the fact that nobody has publicly seen her children now f- since September for months. So, do I think that she has killed these children? Although it's a possibility, I'm gonna say no, and I'm gonna tell you why. She believes the world is ending. She will not. She doesn't want anybody to know where this settlement is that they're trying to set up. So they're been making her and Chad have been making moves that is outside of what the rest of the followers of this belief are doing. So I believe that those people are in charge right now of setting up the settlement and Lori and Chad are trying to keep all eyes over here while they doing that over there. Why won't she present the children? Because she feels like she's protecting the children so she feels like the safest place for them is probably on this settlement with all these believers who are going to survive the biggest questions are well why would she have Tyley's phone why would she have jj's ipad that he was very attached to and why would she get rid of jj's service dog if these children are still alive and i submit that she did all of those things because all of those things can be tracked and one thing you can't do especially with a 17 year old is keep them from turning their location on and being found if they want to be found i don't believe that those kids are there uh willingly i believe they are there against their will uh the little the little boy jj he might not be as as uh willful about leaving as maybe tiley would which is why she can't have anything that would be able to communicate to the outside world i also believe the same thing for the dog those service dogs are very very expensive dogs they are they they have a job they serve a function and i'm pretty sure that they are chipped and if somebody was to look for the dog they would find them if the dog was with them I do believe those kids are still alive. I hope that I am correct. So, what do you think? Okay, in the first case of Gannon Stalk, I believe they got the right person for that crime. I believe the stepmother did something with that child, and she's a monster for doing it. Uh, The second case, the Evelyn Boswell case, I believe that Megan, Angela, and Angela's boyfriend, William, all know something about her death either they are covering up for one another or they know who the perpetrator is they are definitely in my opinion a very good persons of interest in that case and finally for the last case you guys know i believe the children are alive i believe that they are waiting somewhere on the end of the world so let me know what your feelings are about these three cases that we will continue to keep our eyes on and rate review comment full disclosure though i had to record this ending all over again so if this is your first time hearing this you're lucky because the last time got a little tipsy got a little drunk and I messed up in the editing process, so I apologize if you are listening to this again and heard the first version of it. I truly apologize. I've got a great promo at the end of this episode for a podcast that I love called Bring On The Weird. If you have any comments, concerns, case suggestions, please don't hesitate to send me an email. TCBYTB.com at gmail.com. You can also find me at TCBYTB on all the things. And uh yeah, get ready to hang out with me in a future episode. We got some good stuff coming, and I hope you guys hang out with me. Let me know what you think about all of these good things that we have upcoming. Other than that, I've got nothing else. Be safe, be sterile, be well. Oh, and wash your damn hands. <laughs> Later, bookworms. Elijah, are you ready to bring on the weird? Yes, well, I am. Are you ready to bring on the weird? Did you, did you just make a will I am joke? Uh, yeah, I did. Nice. All out. Anyway,
0: we're just a couple of harmless guys digging into weird things we don't know much about.
1: We're just trying to figure out what the hell is happening in the world outside our homes. Do we get things wrong? Without a doubt. Are we learning from those mistakes? Not anytime soon. Are you entertained by the crap we're talking about? Of course. That's why I always listen to the show. You listen? Alright, wh- what do you like to listen to about the show? I like aliens, conspiracies, cryptids, NWO, shadow government, you name it. What? But, oh, hold on. Do the aliens come from inside the Earth instead of interstellar travel? What made the conspiracy start? Why did that cryptid evolve to do the things it does? Who runs this NWO? Listen in as we dive into all manners of subjects as we bring on the weird. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. You can listen to clips of our episodes on our YouTube channel. Listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser.com. You can also listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts.